<laughs> Oscar had a couple questions. Gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the non-skills competition-loving Zach Mack, because you didn't watch a second of it. That's like the only hockey going on right now, so I appreciate the the time. (laughs) Yeah, these... uh... Hey, I so astutely planned my move during the All Star break, so I wouldn't miss any games. And this is my this is the the sacrifice I had to make was no skills competition that, as you know, I so love. And uh, so I'm glad that you're you're here with me to fill me in. Yeah, well, we're we're going to talk about the skills competition, uh, the home runs, the misses, uh, the women's three on three game, which was. Really entertaining. I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, and then just some news, all-decade team, the tracking technology from last night. Uh, and there's no games to talk about, so we're going to have to dig, <laughs> dig deep here. But let's start with the skills competition because more times than not, we expect the NHL to screw, th- screw things like this up. Uh, it wasn't in, – in true NHL fashion, it was supposed to start at 8 o'clock and it, like – the guys were getting introduced at like 820. <laughs> Just a ridiculous amount of waiting time. Uh, the you know, they start with the fastest skater, which uh, Connor McDavid did not win. I'm now I'm drawing a blank. Barzal, thank you. He, <clears throat> which none not one of those guys looked like they were trying, by the way. Like there was there was just no effort, like Connor, it was almost looking like everyone else was just supposed to be like, hey, you know, make sure we get a four-time champ here. And even then, like, McDavid was like, I don't really want to try this. Like, if I if I blow an edge or something, <laughs> we were falling way out of the playoffs <laughs> if anything happened to him. So he's – it was that, – that event just isn't great. It's nice to see those guys skate around. And show off how fast they are. But last night, like Nathan McKinnon had like the second slowest speed. It's it's still one lap, right? It's just one. Yeah, it's just one lap. Red line around, back to the red line. I, I feel like it's not. You're right. It's 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 cool to see how fast these guys are, but it's not like why if we're gonna do fastest, I feel like a lap is not the best way to go. <laughs> I feel like maybe maybe down and back. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they like they were gliding through every single turn. Yeah. And granted, I don't want I don't want anyone to possibly get injured either. But a little effort would have been nice. But it's it's well, that's just this that's to start it out. Most people didn't even turn it on until that was basically done. Is that the first one that they put they did? That was the first event. <clears throat> okay. Of course, on their website, it's impossible to find the exact list. Uh, but then they went to the save streak, which gets a little awkward sometimes when 
it's either the shooters are trying really hard and it looks like they're trying to embarrass the goalie or they're not trying at all. And, the, you know, the, the goalie's like, all right, trying to make incredible saves to make it look like he has to try. Uh, Vasilevsky won that. Why is there not a list on the stupid website? I want to say Vasilevsky. No, Bennington won it. Your boy Bennington won it. That's nice. what it was. What is save yeah. streak? How do we? So what it is, if you've never seen this event before, I think it's new in the last couple of years. But uh, there's not – you start again – or every player on a division – skater on a division team will go up against a division goalie. So okay. both goalies from each division get to do it. And you're slotted like nine shooters – but if you have a save streak going on during your ninth save attempt, you get to keep going until you get scored on again. So if you give up eight goals but make a save on the ninth shot, then your streak starts and you can keep going until you get scored on again. Okay. Uh, in the, I think the first year, Marc-Andre Fleury won and he got like 20 or 17. Oh, jeez. And we've seen some high scores, but Bennington won with like nine last night or seven. Yeah, it says he had one more than Vasilevsky. Yeah, I think he gave up. I, he either gave up a goal or they just ended it after he got that next save. Oh. But it was... Ten save streak. It's entertaining because... Ten save streak. So the highlight of that is Logan Couture. He's shooting against Jordan Bennington. And he brought out a Justin Bieber mask to wear for his shot attempt on Bennington. Because if you haven't seen on Instagram, they challenged each other to Bieber uh, getting 10 breakaways against Bennington. And all he has to do is score once. Bennington bet he would make every save. (laughs) So they're like, that's apparently going to be held soon. They were talking about it on the broadcast last night. So Couture comes out in the Bieber Beaver mask. He doesn't score. It would have been nice if he scored, but uh, that was really the highlight of it. There were some cool goals. I think Roman Yossi had a really nice shootout move. But Bennington, the best part was Bennington wins. They interview him, and uh, they're like, oh, you know, how'd it feel to get back out there? How'd it feel to win that? And he's like, yeah, I haven't skated in a few days. I uh, had a few drinks and just started talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty, uh, but that wasn't, you know, that was what it usually is. That's, that's one of the better additions they've made or changes they've made to the all-star uh, skills competition. And then the accuracy shooting, this is where things started to go bad on Twitter for the NHL. Yeah. I heard that there was some, some uproar about this. So it always used to be like, remember when it was like exploding discs yep. in and plates or knockback targets, whatever they were. So this year, for whatever reason, they decided to put a screen in front of the net, cover it with plexiglass, and the guys would just shoot at the electronic targets. So when they made contact with that area of the glass, I guess the glass would bend just enough, or I don't know if it was somebody with a button that was knocking them down if they hit them, or what the technology was, but it was not great. And they had to replace the glass at one point. There were a lot of people who missed and it, and it counted. And there were a lot of people who hit the targets some two or three times before it broke. And 
it was just one of those things where you look at the NHL, like, why? This wasn't, like, no one asked you to showcase technology. Just exploding plates are fine. Gosh, yeah, I'm I'm watching <laughs> I'm watching some of these. It's ridiculous. I, it looks like he hits the post. This is Huberto. He hits the post, and they count it. Yeah, yeah, Huberto. That was that was the one everyone was pointing out as got it when it shouldn't have counted. Yeah, and all these tweets are like, yeah, it's it's better when they broke real targets. Yeah, I liked it better when they were breaking real targets. Absolutely. Yeah, it was more it was more exciting, and. It was, you know, some of those guys, I think Thomas Hurdle was the guy. He went, I think he went four for four and then just choked away the last one. Just could not hit it. <laughs> he might have he might have had one that looked like it should have counted, but he could have had it done in like six and a half seconds. And I think he finished with 17 seconds. Yeah, he's hurt. This has been rough for the Sharks all around. Uh Yeah. <laughs> So what is it? What's the deal? What's the deal then? Is it just like it's too expensive? It can't be too expensive to replace broken plates every All Star game. Come on, no way, not with the technology that like this looked cool. It was, you know, it was it was cool technology. You looked at it like, oh, that's nice, but after the first shooter, you were it was obvious that we were going to have issues here, and lo and behold. Yeah, we're we're a little past the point where just technology for technology's sake is awesome, and maybe the NHL doesn't realize that. I mean, they're a little bit of an old boys club, so it's just like, yeah, guess what, guys? These days, it, the technology has to work for it to be cool. <laughs> yeah, and there's like, and the the problem is, is the NHL is so stubborn that they don't. Like, I think it was NBC or ESPN. Uh, their football coverage, they had. Uh, something on their scoreboard that looked like a penalty flag every single time it popped up and people were going nuts on Twitter and like, Oh, I keep thinking there's a flag on every play. I keep, this is so stupid. Why did they do this? And they, they, they stopped it at halftime and they went back to like an old graphic. Wow. Yeah. And it happened just like that. And now I'm thinking about it. It can't be NBC because maybe it was, and they were just, bending more to the NFL's request, but things like this, like I don't think there was enough issues with it last night for the NHL to be like, yeah, let's go back to plates. Oh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, that wasn't, wasn't the best. Uh, And then there was the women's three on three, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, NHL hardest shot. Shea Weber uh, blew away the competition, but Elias Pedersen had the lead at one point over John, no, John Carlson took the lead back from Pedersen, but he had the lead over Seth, Seth Jones. And man, that's going to bug me that I don't remember who the other person is, but two defensemen. I mean, Pedersen was the only forward in the event and he had like a 102.1 slap shot, which was. Wow. I had no idea Pedersen had a rocket. Apparently he does. I mean, his nickname's Deaky Pete. What are we supposed to think? Yeah, <laughs> but I, for him to be the only forward in the competition has already got to be like, yeah. Now I'm assuming Ovi would have been in it. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Um, and I don't know if other people who dropped out would have had a spot over Pedersen, but it was nice to see him in there. He's a little guy. Like you forget, 
I don't know if he's got a huge helmet or what, but as soon as he takes that helmet off, you just realize how small he is. <laughs> but damn, he he's got a hard slap shot. He's a great player to watch. Well, I picked the Canucks as a dark horse. Uh, and then we ended with the event that you shed light to me on, but I was looking forward to the Gatorade NHL Shooting Stars competition. This was the Dude Perfect inspired shooting competition. And they were on a, a platform. It looked really cool. They were surrounded by fans. They were shooting over top of fans. People's biggest issue with the event was the 10-point target, the, the one that worth, worth the most, was probably the, easy, the easiest to hit um, in the sense that it was definitely the biggest target, and it was right in the center. But people were going over to the side, underneath. Like It definitely wasn't easy. Uh, but like the two point targets and the four point targets, even the five points seemed much more difficult than the ten point. But to me, I, I I'm glad that the winning score, Patrick Kane and uh, Mitch Marner tied to send it to a, a sudden death shootout. So Marner, I think, got nothing on his first shot, and Patrick Kane went and got a four point target and won it. But it ended so awkward. But the event itself was pretty cool. I think they just need to change up the targets. Yeah, so this was – I was actually slightly upset that I missed this one. This one and the women's three-on-three were the two that I – the only two that I had slight interest in watching. Um, interesting that you said that about the targets. I haven't seen any of it. I haven't even seen a replay of this event yet. And it's I'm probably going to go back and watch it. Same with the women's three-on-three. Because um, I am curious how it worked. Were they like the? I'm assuming the face-off dots were targets. If I had to, so they were at like they were actual targets, like that they put on the ice. No, it wasn't technology. Like, no, it wasn't tech-based. Wow. It wasn't like a golf game or anything like that. Okay. It was they put these targets on the. So the ten-point target was a big uh, St. Louis arch with a net in it. Oh, okay. And so that was that was worth the most. There were other ten point nets scattered around, but they were much smaller targets. Oh, gotcha. And these guys were, you know, it made it fun. I will say the ten point target being whether, I mean, people on Twitter will say it was the easiest to hit. They would never come close. <laughs> but you know, these NHL guys with the ability to hit that ten point target on any shot, if you were really rooting for like. Uh, Kane and Sagan were in the event. So, like, there were two guys I was really rooting for to win, especially because they were getting booed, Patrick Kane especially. But I was really rooting for one of those guys to win. So, you know, until Marner takes his very last shot or Ryan O'Reilly or Brett Hole, who went up there to take a shot, (laughs) like, there, no one was really out of it because nobody went, like, seven for seven in the big target. You know, they were all right around 22 was the – the lead score between Kane and Marner. So it was cool to see those guys like really in competition and, you know, in it to the last second, but I could see how they could rework it a little bit to make fans happy, but I definitely think it should be back. I think you in, when you do see the replay, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, I don't know why I feel glad, but I'm glad that Kane won it. Oh, that makes me dude. They were booing so hard, which this shocks me, but I get it. But I mean, it's still it's an all star game. <laughs> the yeah the the crazy thing to me is the reaction on like I said, 
There's always reactions on Twitter to literally everything that happens in, well, in anything. And NBC was playing like, oh, division rival Patrick Kane, you know, getting booed and everything. And that's what you're really thinking when you're watching that event, you know, and he was playing up to the crowd a little bit and he was always laughing every time they started booing. And then people on Twitter, of course, are like, oh, NBC acting like the only reason to boo Patrick Kane is because he's a rival. Like, this guy's a total piece of shit, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, he's, I guess, always going to have that label. I was like, they're, these fans in the arena are booing because he plays for the Blackhawks. Yeah. Like, I don't know why we have to overthink everything like that. Like that. Half the fans booing are only booing because the other half of the fans are booing. They're exactly. Booing. <laughs> yeah. The G, they all wanted one of the hats he was giving out. <laughs> all those Blues fans. Like, funny how that works. But yeah, it was it was cool to see him win one. Uh, it was cool to see Sagan and Kane and O'Reilly. Like it's fun watching players you like, kind of relaxed, you know, wearing a backwards hat, just slinging pucks, yeah. 145 feet. That part was cool. Uh, and then it just kind of ended, which I didn't. Maybe I maybe I wasn't paying attention to the exact end. But before I knew it, they're like, and let's send it back up to Catherine Tappan. I'm like, whoa, that was quick. <laughs> How long did it last? Like overall, it was like two hours. It was like a an hour. I think it was around two hours. I think it went a little bit past ten. Okay. There was like fifteen minutes where I had to pause it. So I remember looking at the the clock and being surprised how long it took. Then I remembered that I was a uh, was behind everyone. Overall, I wouldn't say success. I don't think it added any fans or increased anyone's interest in the game. But more entertaining than previous years is a fair uh, assessment of this also in this skills competition. Gives me hope. Yeah, gives us gives us hope. You just hope the the NHL doesn't do what the NHL does and again just overthink everything they did. Yeah. Uh, what was successful was the three on three game, the elite women's three on three presented by Adidas. They uh. They were out there playing pretty hard for, you know, for all of us who want 10 minutes of three-on-three overtime, this was a good example of, like, people do get tired going that quickly. This was a really entertaining game. So was it – it was it was just a one 10-minute period? It was two 10-minute halves, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to – And they were, they were going to the, the last second in both halves – and it was, which I get that you're in a time constraint. I just hated how Parks and Rec basketball, it looked when it was a running clock and the puck was stopped. Like it was 10 minutes, just straight running clock. Uh, so the goalies weren't trying to, you know, uh, stop play. They were really lenient with offside, which actually made it way more fun, which NHL get rid of offside. But <laughs> they – both women's teams were hustling and there was some incredible the the deeks that some of the some of these girls pull out is insane like we don't really see maybe because it's three on three but even in men's three on three overtime you don't see some of the moves that they were making last night both goalies played pretty well but canada's goalie was insane who won canada uh yeah okay so rematch next year i'm like I said, this was one of the events I wanted to watch. I'll probably watch it here today at some point. Um, 
I don't think that, and I know this is probably a topic for a whole other episode, but I don't think these women get enough credit uh, for the skill that they have. And obviously, we see people eating each other alive on Twitter over this topic, and I don't want to get into that, but it's nice that they get a chance to do this on skills competition weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice, and, you know, everyone was kind of going crazy about what the like there was going to be a donation and then the women weren't going to get paid. And then the NHL came out and said that they were going to get paid. So I think just watching the game and not thinking about everything else that was going on surrounding women's hockey, they, they put on a great show like for women's hockey, which I think is more important. Like it wasn't like, Oh, look at the women play. It was like, wow, this is a good reminder that there's a women's league and there's really good players in it. Yeah, that's exactly and, what I was hoping out of that event. Yeah. And they uh two I think both captains, Hillary Knight and uh I can't remember her first name, but uh Pauline Polin, Canada's captain, they uh they competed in the shooting stars competition. And they both put up decent points. Nice. It was it was good to see. Yeah, they were they did all sorts of like quirky things within the event. Like they were bringing out uh, St. Louis legends like Al McInnes, uh had a 100 mile an hour slap shot in the hardest shot competition. Still? Yeah, still. Wow. Uh, Brett Hole and uh, Keith Kachuk both took shots in the uh, shooting stars because the Kachuk thing was really cool. They had all three of them lined up and they showed the photo of Keith on the ice at his all-star game. And the boys were sitting on the on the boards looking down at him. That was really cool. And then Matthew Kachuk. I because he's been in the news, I feel like every time I hear his name, I'm like dissecting him. <laughs> I I'm a Matthew Kachuk fan. Like all through and through. And mostly because last night he takes off his flames jersey for the shooting stars competition to unveil a Yadier Molina baby blue St. Louis Cardinals jersey. Uh, and the crowd went insane. I bet. Oh. Absolutely. He was like hyping him up and throwing his hands up and everything. It was wild. And the crowd was loving it. The broadcasters were loving it. And I I mean if you're watching at home and you weren't liking what you were seeing, you you're never going to like the skills competition. Like you cuz you just you're never going to have an open mind enough to to be able to enjoy what is fun about it. And that stuff and the the women's three on three was definitely great additions to the skills competition. Are you planning on watching the games tonight? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna watch them. I here's the other thing, and I don't want to spend too. We have a couple other things to talk about, but I wanted to run this by you as well. I think the guys on Puck Super talking about this. So the women's three on three game was during the skills competition last night, which. Is fine. There's no wrong time to do that. Mm-hmm. But imagine if they – so they have the two men's, like, semifinal games. I think that's how it works, right? They The Eastern Conference divisions play, the Western Confer- yeah. Conference divisions play, and then the two winners play. Yeah. Yeah. So you hold those first two games on the men's side, and then before the championship game, you do the women's three-on-three game. Because if we're going to complain about the the guys not showing effort in these games, 
imagine if the the Canadian and U.S. women's teams came out and put on a hell of a show. And that's basically what they did last night. You know, these guys aren't going to want to get shown up. Not for, you know, they're just going to want to keep the show going and yeah. show that, you know, if the women are going to come out here and respect what this weekend is about, but let's go out and do the same thing. And maybe that benefits All-Star Weekend. I don't hate that idea, actually. I think that you would get – plus it would get the women in front of more eyes. I I guess it comes down to – do you think more people are watching the games versus the skills competition? I think more – yes, absolutely. Okay. I, I, was, I tend to believe the same. So, but there are people who – there are very vocal people who say, I only watch the skills competition. Yeah. I just didn't know which one outnumbered the other. Um. I mean, I'm, I guess my, I'm vice versa. I'm, I'll watch the games tonight. I didn't watch the skills competition yesterday. Yeah, I didn't really have an option. But yeah, I, I think that yeah, it gets the women in front of more eyes at the very worst. Yeah, yeah, and there, you know, there's going to be people saying that they don't like it or it doesn't need to be there. Again, they're just never going to enjoy the All Star Weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but that's their loss. Um. Oh, interesting. Last thing about the uh, All Star or comp, uh, Skills Competition, the PA announced Wayne Gretzky as one of the greatest players of all time. <laughs> I thought that was very interesting. I'm surprised more people didn't say something about that on social media. It is very. I heard. I heard that. I'm like, when he said one of the greatest players of all time, I looked to see who it was, because I didn't think anyone introduced Gretzky as anything less than the great one or the greatest of all time. Yeah, sounds like. Uh, and he played in St. Louis. I'm shocked that they weren't hyping it up more. Yeah, sounds like maybe that conversation is getting a little more ambiguous. Well, in St. Louis, it's probably Jordan Bennington or Wayne Gretzky. It's Jordan Winnington. Absolutely. Jordan Winnington, sorry. <laughs> hey, I, I gained a lot of respect for Bennington last night after saying, haven't skated in a few days, had a few drinks. <laughs> That's that was an awesome. That was an Ovechkin level line, and you love to see it. I also think uh, these guys that are all quote unquote hurt in missing the skills competition and game uh, are can shoulder plenty of the blame for why some people aren't tuning in. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, I think that's it for the skills competition. I think we should talk about the all decade team. Okay. That came out on NHL.com yesterday. And there were some people who were surprised. I'll just read it off uh, now and then we'll get into each position. Sidney Crosby, Patrick Kane, Alex Ovechkin, Duncan Keith, Drew Doughty, and Marc Andre Fleury. They were selected to the NHL All Decade First Team. Uh, obviously, huge names, but when you read those five, uh, can you can you look at them and say, yeah, it's hard to argue with any of those, or do you have do you just outright objections to any of these? Um, I I think I have no problems with this this first team. I I mean, Kane led the decade of points. I I, I think the forwards are no brainers. Honestly, Kane, Ovechkin, Crosby. I don't I don't think there's a mistake there. I I see, and you were talking about it earlier about the Dowdy. Um, Especially with just how bad he's been lately, but he had such a good beginning of the decade that, again, it's it's I could get into that argument, but I feel like if I'm arguing anyone who's for Drew Doughty, they might win that argument. 
So I'm okay with it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I don't have any issues with this. I, I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of most of these guys. Uh, I Henrik Lundqvist would probably be my goalie for this list, but Marc-Andre Fleury had an incredible decade. And, I mean, the four, you're right, the forwards, I mean, th- that was everyone's top three basically for the decade top players. So, yeah. you know, Dowdy and, and Keith might have not been top ten, but they were, you know, maybe everyone's first, second, or third defenseman on their list. I, I understand the Carlson argument for the top team, but he was on the uh, – well, I'll read it off now. The second team. Malkin, Bergeron, Steve Stamkos, Eric Carlson, Zdeno Chara, and the aforementioned Henrik Lundqvist. If you switched, none of the other guys on that second team, Malkin, Bergeron, Stamkos, or Chara, I think deserve a shot at the first team. Agreed. But Carlson and Lundqvist, you could definitely make the argument that they're they're a little snubbed in this scenario. Yeah, I would I'd be willing to I like the Lundquist thought. I mean Fleury doing so well in Vegas obviously helped him quite a bit, or this is probably Lundquist running away with the first team, but the second team seems a little weird to me. I haven't done research. I mean we haven't put our own decade teams together yet, so I'd have to look into it. I it shocks me that I mean I'm a Stamkos guy, but it still shocks me that he cracks his second team, honestly. I'd have to look into it though. And also Chara. I feel like I could find a better defenseman than Chara over the last decade. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the four, I'm trying to think back to our all-decade teams. And maybe I have it on my desk here. But I don't think Chara was – was he definitely wasn't in my top ten, but I don't know what defenseman I would have put around that. Yeah, Carlson's the only one. Keith Dowdy was just outside my top ten. Uh, you know what? If it if it doesn't have to be players that are still playing, then I put Nick Lidstrom above Zidane Chara for that decade. Sue me, I don't care. But <laughs> him just playing a game in that decade yeah. puts him on that on that list for me. But oh well, at least it's second team. Everyone only cares about the first team. That's true. It's very true. And other than that, I don't really have any problems with this second team. Bergeron, yeah, he had a great, great decade. Malkin, too. Are you surprised there wasn't a, more of a cry for uh, McDavid to take Tam- Stamkos' spot on the second team? You no, know, honestly, when you brought this up, I thought that I thought McDavid was going to be on the second team when you were reading it off. So I was a little shocked, but uh, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> that's it's tough. It's tough to argue that one either way. I think. No, I, I agree, and I mean just the sheer amount of it. We always think of Stamkos as as it being crazy how far ahead Ovechkin is in goals, and like oh my god, like Stamkos is a great goal scorer, but look how good Ovechkin is. I think sometimes lost in there is how good of a goal scorer Stamkos is. Yeah, so look, like over yeah. the last decade, Ovechkin only outscored him by eighty goals. I mean, I say only. But yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, good. Good for NHL.com. I'm sure people are blowing up Twitter about this. I didn't look. 
I didn't look at too many of the responses because every time Patrick Kane is on anything, I I just avoid the comments because I, I know people are going to have something negative to say. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about this episode is the tracking, the puck player tracking that the NHL showed off last night, uh, both in warm-ups for the skills competition and then they used it for the uh, women's three-on-three game. And it worked pretty well in – Especially, and that was actually, I think, a great idea by them to use it in a game where most of the people watching probably can't identify the players by number. Yeah. So to know where, but we know the names like Hillary Knight, Lamaru, Amanda Kessel. There are names out there that you know and remember from, even if you only watch the Olympics in major tournaments. So as soon as you see that nameplate, like, you know, you sit up a little bit like, oh, I know she can make something happen. So that was a good use of it. And they said it's going to be ready for the playoffs, which will be a lot of fun when a lot of people only watch playoff hockey. They see something new. And maybe if it's a regular season thing as well, people start tuning in more and more. Are they like full swing implementing it for the playoffs? That's what I read. Yes, it's ready for the playoffs, and the league will implement puck and player tracking in all 31 reasons, arenas by next season. Nice. Okay. Um, I, I wonder if it's like a – because it's through – is it through NBC? Or is it like, – is it going to be on every telecast, or how do you, can you choose a telecast without it? Do you know how that works or no? Am I asking too many I, questions? I don't know. You'll be able to watch the games. You've always watched it traditionally if that's what you want. There will be broadcast enhancements that the broadcasters can use either on the primary screen or the secondary screen. Okay. And so you'll see some of the – so I think it's through the NHL. Okay. Sounds like it's up to the broadcaster a little bit then. Yeah. And if they're in, if they're implementing it into the arenas, I would think the NHL. Yeah, okay, yeah. The, the lead on that. But I, I, think it's a, I think it's a good idea. I like it better than the glow puck. I know they're different concepts, but if I got to look at one thing, because watch, like we've talked about NASCAR before on this podcast, that's what they do for car for you know when cars are all grouped up, running in a bunch through turns or back stretches or anything, a bunch of nameplates pop up, yeah. and they keep switching amongst each other and trying to find, or you know you're trying to find your driver or something, and seeing that in hockey would actually be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'd be uh, I'd be forced to see how it goes. I think it's. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's. I've always with the technology and stuff. I've always thought that you had to sort of compartmentalize the feedback that you get because, like, a lot of people that just know and watch how, like, just, you take the extremes. So you know, somebody who's never watched hockey in their life, and someone who is a pro hockey scout and is literally knows every inch of the game, and. The people like it's gonna benefit the people who've never seen it before, and then the people who like watching hockey for the stuff that they see that nobody else can see probably aren't gonna like it. And I feel like those are the the opinions, the feedback that you don't want to listen to because they're never gonna want it to change. Yeah, I mean, it just goes back to you know, people will just always find, and I know you've you've even taken the stance of you know how much of the burden can we put on the NHL? Like when as fans, do we have to, you know, make changes or compromises or whatever you want to call it. 
I think the NHL is obviously trying to make the game easier to watch for new fans. And like, I don't understand how player tracking could bother someone who knows, you know, what player is on the ice all the time and can recognize them by number. Like, just don't look slightly above their head. Then. Like, watch, watch the puck. They're not going to, because they have complete control over it. So it's not like they're going to be black and play intentionally. Yeah. They'll just drop them. So, yeah, I mean, there are going to be people upset about it, but that's just what we've come to expect as, as hockey fans. We'll see. We'll see if the NHL can manage to mess this up or not. Probably, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, did we miss anything? No, unfortunately, there's no games on, so I don't think we really miss much. Yeah, that's... But the 27th, yeah. 27th, we're back in action, games-wise. Yeah, and there's there's some good games right off the bat. Flyers and uh, Penguins rematch. Oh, that's the only real thing that's happened, is the Flyers took it to the uh, the Penguins since we last recorded. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, so they rematch right after. We've got Cassian and Kachuk rematch to look forward to. So there's a lot going on uh, by the time we record again. You watching anything this weekend other than the uh, games tonight? Yeah, I'll watch the games tonight. And then um, I probably will not watch the Pro Bowl tomorrow. Do you, oh, do you watch right. that? No, not, not really. I kind of just... I mean, it sucks that they fall at the same time because I'd like to be just be watching nothing but hockey while waiting for the Super Bowl. But I'm already basically done with football by the time the conference championships happen. So I just put it on the back burner until the Super Bowl. Yeah, I won't watch that either. Uh, that's – I don't really – I mean, I'll probably watch uh, some basketball. And I'll go to the – thinking about going to the Grizzlies game. They're hosting the Suns. Ooh. What are you watching? Devin Booker about to go for 70. Yeah, it's the only Suns player. Right <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to watch the games tonight. Uh, the lady and I are house hunting, so I might have to go see a house or two tomorrow. And I think that's pretty much it. Taking the dogs to the park. It's a relaxing weekend. It's one of the few weekends where I don't work at all. So All-star weekend, man. They're just giving everyone the weekend off. Oh, I like that. Thank you. You as well. You were an all-star. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I guess that's it. Thank you guys for hanging out with us on what is a very lazy Saturday early afternoon episode. I appreciate Zach being patient with me. Uh, for Maria, for at Belly Up Zach Mac, I'm at Belly Up KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod. We will talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at PuckPuckPassPod.